Jeff Halfley's gone. Not much you can do about it. Don't cry over spilled milk. It's something we all need to get used to. We'll explain where Ohio State goes next with their defensive back coaching search. Also, Joe Burrow is your Heisman Trophy winner. He represented himself and Southeast Ohio, the state of Ohio, Ohio State, Buckeye Nation, LSU, you name it. He represented himself with class on Saturday. We'll talk about where Burrow goes with his pro career. And also, please don't do the revisionist history thing. We look back to 2017 and why things just played out the way they did. Nobody can do anything about it. Don't cry over spilled milk. Welcome to the Lock On Buckeyes podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Lamb. Thanks for listening. Your only daily Ohio State football and basketball fix. Find us on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you find and follow us. Spread the cheer in this holiday season to a friend. Tell them about Locked on Buckeyes. We're on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or simply say, play Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. We are brought to you by JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye licensed in 33 states. And more on the way. Check them out at jfqlending.com. We're also supported by GoBus. Ride to over 40 stops across Ohio. Connect rural communities to Columbus, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. Get to Ohio State games with GoBus and bring the comfort back to traveling. Check them out at ridegobus.com. As much as people may have been hoping, wishing, praying, believing, even expecting Jeff Halfley would stick around at least a second, maybe third or fourth season at Ohio State. It did not happen. He accepted the opportunity to become the next head coach at Boston College over the weekend. I'm a little perplexed by by the reaction to this move for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, Ohio State fans should be somewhat accustomed to this by now. I, I went back and looked. There have been 16 different coaches in the last 20 years to accept a promotion, either as a head coach at another institution in college football or an NFL coordinator or position coach job in the NFL. So this is really not new territory for Ohio State. And and I, I reminded people of this over the weekend because I, I really think this is an important note to remember. Ohio State gets guys like Jeff Halfley because it is a great stepping stone job. They come to Ohio State or Alabama because they know they can position themselves to get a head coaching job somewhere. Sometimes they're even willing to take less money or a demotion in order to do it. Whether it's a position coach job versus the, the possibility of a coordinator job somewhere else, Ohio State offers opportunities for coaches looking to advance. It's a trade-off. Ohio State provides the opportunity to step up to another position, and in return, Ohio State gets the best coaches of the group. They get their first pick of the litter, and that's what happened with Jeff Halfley. He turned out to be a tremendous hire. I know people are frustrated and upset, but this is just part of the deal. I've seen some people say, well, well, Clemson doesn't go through this. Well, they haven't in the last few years, but even Clemson is now replacing their offensive coordinator, Jeff Scott, who took the head coaching position at South Florida. 
Scott hung around a little bit longer because he was from Clemson. So he had more of an attachment to that job and he was being probably a little bit pickier than some guys. But when push came to shove, he's taking the opportunity and he's going to South Florida. So Clemson isn't immune to this. Brett Venables is a horse of a different color. He's a guy I don't believe has a real sincere, strong interest in becoming a head coach. And even if he does, some other schools have kind of stayed away from him because there are, I'm not going to say the rumors out loud, but there are rumors of some vices and he's just a little bit of a different fella. So maybe he's not head coaching material where some guys have been in the past. But if you're Ohio State, Alabama, or even Clemson going forward, this is part of the, this is the part of the deal. This is the nature. If you want to be a successful school, high-ranked recruits are going to come find you to use your school and your program and your name recognition to catapult them into the NFL draft. And it's going to be the same thing for coaches. Coaches are going to come and go because they know they can fulfill their own dreams, getting a big raise and going to become a head coach somewhere and running their own program. Then there are the people that say, well, it's, it's not so much Jeff Halfley left. We knew that was going to happen. But why Boston College? I actually think Boston College has been undersold a lot. I mentioned this all weekend long. People have, I think, an unfair perception of that job. They have not been at the top of the mountain to use a Ric Flairism. They haven't been there. They haven't been the big dog. They haven't won the title. They haven't won an ACC. But they've had a lot of years where they were in contention, especially last decade. They've had a lot of solid years. In the last 20 years, 17 of them, they've had winning seasons. That doesn't seem like much on the surface, but when you consider they're one of only 14 teams in FBS right now that have had that many winning seasons in the last 20 years. Only one of 13, one of 14 total. Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin are the only three in the Big Ten that have done it. The only other two teams in, or three teams in the ACC that have done it are Clemson, Florida State, and Virginia Tech. It's so difficult to maintain that level of consistency. And what that tells me is that they're drawing from a pretty good recruiting base to be able to sustain that sort of consistency. Sure, they haven't won a ton of games very often. They haven't got into double-digit wins more than a couple times in that span. But to consistently win seven, eight, nine games, as they have for the last 20 years, that tells me with the right coach, they can take that to another level. I'm not expecting Boston College under Jeff Halfley to become instantly a contender and beat Clemson frequently. But I think Halfley's got the personality to recruit the East Coast. And this is going to be an interesting head-to-head battle because Greg Schiano is going to be trying to do the same thing. He's going to try to recruit Western PA, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts. Schiano and Halfley are certainly going to be going head-to-head in some of these recruiting battles. And if Halfley can win some of these battles against even sometimes against Penn State or Ohio State on that East Coast, then Halfley is going to get that job. Sure, it may not be a destination job right now, but Halfley may turn into a really good recruiter 
He may start winning a lot of games. He may be really happy with that job, and he wants the East Coast position. So it could turn into a destination job for him. So I, I think people are underselling him not turning down Boston College. I think it's a better job than people realize. Some would say, well, why not wait for the top 15, top 25 type of job? Well, the problem there is that top 15 jobs don't typically hire outside guys as position coaches. You don't see a defensive back coach jump to a major high-profile job from the outside very often. In fact, it's rare that they even turn to coordinators as outside hires. Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, guys like that get promoted within because their employers have been able to see what kind of coaches and personalities and leaders they are from within on a daily basis. But you're not going to see a Florida State or a Texas. Schools like that, programs like that, are not going to go hire a defensive back coach at another program very often. I'm not going to say it never happens, but I wouldn't sit there. If, if it were my career, I would not come back another season with the expectation that that's going to happen, that that job will be available. Jeff Halfley's best plight, his best position right now was to take a major conference job that he can have some success with in the next three to four years. And then if he builds it into something more, it can become a destination. If not, he could turn around and parlay that into a better job. I think Jeff Hafley is going to do well there. I'm not saying he's going to win a title, but I think Boston College is a lot better job than people are giving credit for. Now, on the home front, where Ohio State goes from here is the next question. It's not going to be Chris Ash, it appears. There are a number of reasons I don't think that was going to happen. There is a report as of Sunday afternoon, Chris Ash is going to become the Texas defensive coordinator. It may already be official. I hadn't looked, but that is going to happen. But Ash was not a good fit for Ohio State for a number of reasons. I don't think he was going to take the defensive back job for Ohio State and take a small demotion. The pay may have been similar to what he's being offered at Texas. I don't know what they are paying him. But Ohio State was not going to overpay to get a guy that doesn't really mesh with their scheme. Ash is said to be a cover four guy. Madison is a cover three guy, mixing in some man. I just don't think that Ash and Ohio State were going to be a good fit together. I don't think Ash really wanted that position and that role. And I don't think Ohio State wanted him. So Chris Ash is off the list. I don't think he was going to be on the list. The question now is where does Ohio State turn? There are some rumors and reports that maybe Kerry Coombs could wind up going back to Ohio State. I'm skeptical of that. It's certainly out there, and I don't have any information saying it won't happen. But my, my spidey sense is going off in the back of my head just saying it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like Kerry Coombs, after going to the NFL, taking the pay raise, leaving Ohio State, a place he loved so much, it doesn't seem like he would jump back, especially with a, a Titans team that has a chance at the playoffs right now. They're doing really well. I don't know. I don't see Coombs going back to Ohio State. And, and timing is a little bit of this, too. It's, it's tough, especially for head coaches, maybe a little bit less so for assistants. But NFL guys, the timing doesn't always match up to be able to jump from the NFL 
back to college, especially for a program like Ohio State. The good news for the Buckeyes is that because they're in the playoff right now, their attention is on Clemson. It's on the playoff. They can bide their time for the next few weeks, provided that the recruits that they have committed will sign here in the early signing period this week. It appears that that's going to happen. Clark Clark Phillips, a big-time defensive back commit, did take a visit out to Utah after the news of Jeff Halfley stepping down. Halfley, by the way, if I didn't mention, he is finishing out the season with Ohio State however far they go, whether whether they lose to Clemson or they win and get to the national championship game, Halfley will finish with Ohio State. So don't worry about that. He's sticking around to finish the job he's here to do. It's just a question of whether they win that extra game. What I think Ohio State wants is to keep everybody in line as far as recruits are concerned, get them to sign on the dotted line, and have them give a little blind faith, a little trust that everything will work out. And that's where Ohio State is. They, they hope... The job that the Ohio State defensive staff, along with Ryan Day, has done, that that will be enough to encourage recruits to have trust and faith in Ohio State to make the right defensive back hire. I think ultimately it probably will be an NFL guy, maybe a younger guy in the late 30s, early 40s. Whether it's Coombs or somebody else, hard to say. It's not going to be Chris Ash, apparently. But Ohio State, I think, regardless, is going to find the right guy. Remember, this is part of the deal. Whoever, whoever goes to Ohio State and becomes the defensive back coach next season, they're going to do so with an eye on the future. They're going to want their own program at some point. It's just part of the deal. Remember that. Get used to it. Ohio State is on top of the food chain, but being on top of the food chain doesn't mean that they're not going to be picked for scraps sometimes. It happens. Coming up next, we'll talk about Joe Burrow's Heisman moment at the Heisman ceremony this weekend. He went all out to give Ohio State credit. It was really pretty cool to see. We'll discuss more coming up. We have seen some tremendous, wonderful growth here in Locked on Buckeyes podcast since launching in late October. Every single week, we have grown by at least an average of three to 400 listeners per episode. It's been absolutely wonderful to see. I appreciate everybody listening. I hope you will continue to listen. Please continue to support the Unscripted Ohio podcast network of mine. That's been a wonderful project, and I'm glad you're showing so much support over there as well. Uh, If you are interested in supporting this podcast, Locked on Buckeyes, we are the only daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast out there on the interwebs. So if you would like to grow your business with us, please email me, lockedonbuckeyes at gmail.com, and we can discuss rates, we can discuss demographics, and how you fit with the podcast. Locked on Buckeyes, looking for local help. If you own a business, this is a great way to grow it, especially in Central Ohio and Ohio at large. So lockedonbuckeyes at gmail.com if you're interested in advertising and supporting the show with your business. So look, Joe Burrow on Saturday, we we knew the kid was classy. He's gracious. He's one of the great guys Ohio State has had. There's a reason so many former players are lining up to support him, to congratulate him. He really is a Buckeye, and he gets it. But he went above and beyond on Saturday. 
I think he was the epitome, the the guy that you want supporting a program. And the reason so many Ohio State fans have locked on, no pun intended, and embraced Joe Burrow is exactly why it was exactly what we saw from him on Saturday in his acceptance speech. He went out of his way, not only after hugging his family and Coach Orgeron and the LSU staff, but also to go dab and hug Ryan Day and Mickey Murati. And then his acceptance speech, he goes on to thank LSU, Ohio State, Southeastern Ohio, said some great things about the poverty levels there in Southeast Ohio. To call attention to that was wonderful. To thank the entire state of Louisiana, his offensive line, his teammates. He thanked anybody and everybody except for yours truly. I was a little hurt by that. He left me out. But he thanked everybody that you could possibly think. Between being teary-eyed and choking up, you felt a real sense of gratitude and sincerity out of what he was saying. That kid is a true Buckeye. He will always be a Buckeye. His degree will always say the Ohio State University. I, I think anybody that was straddling the fence still and may have been irritated and upset that Buckeye fans were supporting him so much at LSU this year, I think those people have come around. If you, if you still feel that differently, you're, you're welcome to, to tweet me at KYLAM8 and tell me that. But I, I have a hunch after Saturday night watching that ceremony, I don't think there are any of you that aren't supporting this guy fully. That is provided he's not playing Ohio State. If they beat Oklahoma and then meet up in New Orleans in two weeks from now, three weeks from now, four weeks from now, playing Ohio State in the championship, Absolutely. Nobody, no offense, Joe, but nobody's going to be rooting for Joe Burrow. That's just not going to happen. But he is a true Buckeye. If there was any doubt about how much this kid loves Ohio State and loves his former teammates, his former coaches, well, that doubt was rid of Saturday night. There is one thing that kind of perturbs me a little bit. It kind of irritates me. It's this narrative that Ohio State didn't want him, that pushed him out. Look, there is some truth. If you go back in time, there was a point in time where Urban Meyer didn't think he was going to cut it. That's true. There's some truth to that. I don't think Ohio State ever wanted to push him out. If you go back to the 2017 season, going into the year, Joe Burrow was actually ahead of Dwayne Haskins. You have to remember when Joe Burrow broke his hand, he was number two on the depth chart. There was some doubt by Ohio State, Urban Meyer specifically, as to whether he was ever going to truly be the guy. They saw the potential of Dwayne Haskins. They knew Haskins had a higher ceiling at that time. But there was also no pushing Joe Burrow out. There was no saying, you're not good enough to play here. We don't want you. That never happened. In context, it is true. They tried to motivate him. Urban Meyer does that with a lot of guys. And they had some doubts about whether or not he would cut it. But I'll tell you what happened, and I know this for a fact, from some pretty well-placed sources. As Burrow kept fighting, after he got back from his hand injury, he wasn't playing very well. He was beat out. Dwayne Haskins, by that time, was ahead of him. 
But Burrow kept fighting. He kept getting better. He kept working hard. He went into spring 2018 with a mindset, I am going to try my damnedest to win the job. He didn't quite do it, but he got close. And I'll tell you what, any doubt that Urban Meyer may have had previously as to whether Joe Burrow could cut it, I promise you that doubt was gone at the end of spring football 2018. Ohio State wanted Burrow to stick around. The problem at that point is he, despite playing so well in the spring, they were not ready or willing to commit to him as a starting quarterback. He wanted a commitment from Ohio State to be able to take the reins at quarterback. They weren't ready to do that. They wanted him to stick around and go into fall and continue to battle with Dwayne Haskins. They had a hunch that Haskins would probably win the job, but they weren't ready to state it with certainty. So Burrow did the logical thing. He knew he graduated. He could be immediately eligible as a grad transfer. And so he started looking around and the rest is history. I don't think any Ohio State fans would say that Ohio State should take credit for his development, take credit for the season he had this year at LSU. Joe Brady came in, did a tremendous job building off of Joe Burrow. But you could see some of these traits. I was trying to tell people back in 2017 when Joe Burrow was ahead of Dwayne Haskins. I said, don't write off this Burrow kid. Some of you probably remember this on Twitter. I was adamant, do not write off Joe Burrow because the staff and some people out there like myself saw these tangible assets with Burrow. His moxie, his ability to read a defense, that he had above average scrambling ability, that he had a good arm. At at that time, it wasn't a great arm, but it was a good arm. He had all of these tangibles and traits in a quarterback that you could see he could be pretty good. I don't think anybody in their widest imagination expected him to turn into this monster that he's become this year. He truly had a great year. It's not just the passing system. LSU was a one-trick pony, but they did that one trick really, really well. Joe Burrow and LSU beat people solely on his arm because he was accurate. He had a strong arm. He was smart. He didn't force throws. And he has a tremendous pocket awareness. I, I was really happy to see Joe Burrow turn into the guy he, he turned into. Nobody expected that. I didn't expect it. I thought he would be really good, but nobody expected this. So Ohio State fans aren't taking credit for this because he, from even from last year, remember last year's LSU, he was a good quarterback, but he was not a great quarterback. They developed him. They deserve credit for that. But Ohio State is embracing him because you'd like to think that Ohio State challenged him and made him into a better guy when he was there. And he's a tremendous kid that developed at Ohio State and beyond. And there's a lot of pride behind that. And because of this, Joe Burrow is going to go on, regardless of what happens here in the playoff. He will be the number one pick in the NFL draft. He'll be the Bengals starting quarterback. I hope as a Bengals guy, he becomes a franchise quarterback. But it's really cool to see this. I just don't want to do the thing where people look back and say, wow, Haskins and Burrow were on the bench behind JT Barrett. Because neither of these guys at that moment in time 
were ready to be a consistent starting quarterback that was better than JT Barrett. But it's great to see what Burrow has become. I know I'm going to be following him, assuming it's Cincinnati, but wherever he goes in his NFL journey, it's really, really going to be fun to see. Look, it's it's unfortunate for Ohio State because I know people are frustrated that Jalen Hurts got placed above Justin Fields and Chase Young. I don't worry too much about that because I'll tell you I'll tell you this. The only reason that happened is because Ohio State literally had three out of the top six guys in the Heisman voting. With Fields Young and J.K. Dobbins all finishing in the top six, the votes kind of got taken away from one another. And that's the only reason Jalen Hurts was second. So I am not going to criticize Heisman voters for putting in a vote that wound up Hurts finishing ahead of those guys. In most years, what Justin Fields did or how talented Chase Young was, those guys may have been one and two in the Heisman voting. But you add in J.K. Dobbins in the season he had, it just kind of split the vote. It's the way it happens. I think Justin Fields goes into next year, the clear preseason favorite, regardless of what happens in the playoff. And of course, if Ohio State wins in the playoff, wins the national title, then Justin Fields will be an overwhelming favorite next year. Of course, we all know how these things work. It doesn't mean he's going to win it. But really, really good season. It's unfortunate Justin Fields remarking he didn't even have an acceptance speech written because he was pretty sure he was not going to win it. I think we are all pretty sure of that. But Joe Burrow, your 2019 Heisman Trophy winner, a class act, really represents LSU well, represents all of Ohio well. That kid is somebody to be damn proud of. It was a tremendous story. I know you would like to see Fields or Young or Dobbins win it. But if it's not going to be the three Ohio State guys, it's going to be the former Ohio State guy. That should be fine with you. Coming up next, basketball. The Buckeyes go down at Minnesota in a wild, wacky Big Ten season it's becoming. I say basketball suffered its first defeat of the season, a double-digit loss in the barn, Williams Arena at Minnesota. If you are if you watch the game and you're saying, well, it looked like a game where Ohio State had been on a week break for finals and didn't have their second-best leading or second-leading scorer, Dwayne Washington, and just didn't have the effort, didn't play well, well, that's the game I saw as well. I think that's what happened. I think there are a lot of reasons for losing. They played their worst offense of the season. They had no ball movement. They were not able to get penetration because Minnesota was sagging in the middle, trying to take away from Caleb Wesson and take away the penetration. The shooting wasn't working for Ohio State. They were not defending Marcus Carr, 35 points against the Buckeyes. What is it with guys named Carr, right? Tony Carr of Penn State tore Ohio State apart three times a few years ago, and Marcus Carr doing it again for Minnesota. Uh, They didn't play defense well. They didn't play offense well. I don't think it was their best effort. They looked like a team that had a layoff. Uh, But the Washington injury, and he's day-to-day, he'll be back later this week for Ohio State. That played a role, certainly. It's one of those games I think you you can just throw away. Don't pay too much attention to it. It sucks. There were a lot of reasons for it, but you're going to have those nights. Some nights, the opponent just shows up and plays better basketball. There's no rhyme or reason for it. There's no excuse for it. 
Ohio State was only a seven-point favorite over Minnesota going into the game. So this really isn't the crazy upset that people think. It's life on the road in the Big Ten. Speaking of which, home teams are 13-0 to start the season in the Big Ten right now. 13 Big Ten games have been played. All 13 won by the home team. If you look at the Big Ten standings, it is absolutely insane. Michigan State is 1-0. Northwestern is 0-1. Those two teams play on Wednesday. And all 12 other teams are 1-1 in the Big Ten. So you've literally had every single game won by the home team. And 12 of the 14 teams already have a 1-1 record. This is the craziest start to a Big Ten season, or any major conference for that matter, I think I've ever seen. So Ohio State losing to Minnesota, while it may have its own minor concerns, I wouldn't worry too much about this long term. But this is life on the road in the Big Ten this year. (laughs) Get used to this because there are more losses coming. Ohio State was not going to go undefeated. I still think they are a legit Big Ten contender. I still think they are a national title contender. But that doesn't mean they're going to run the table. There are a lot of tough teams in the Big Ten. Suddenly, Nebraska, who upset Purdue yesterday by double digits, is looking like a better team out of nowhere. Northwestern, Wisconsin, some of the teams that have been at the bottom, even Rutgers, just upset a ranked Seton Hall team by 20 this weekend. This is a crazy deep league this year. Wins are going to be difficult to come by. Get used to it. It's going to be like this the rest of the season. But the good news is if Ohio State is as good as I think that they are, even despite the loss, they'll rebound from this. You'll forget about it in a few weeks. They've got Kentucky coming up this weekend. They've got a chance to rebound, certainly. These games in the Big Ten will make this Ohio State team better down the stretch. The physicality, the toughness it's going to require to win, the attention to detail. After Ohio State gets done with this Big Ten schedule in early March, once they get to the tournament, wherever they're going to be seated, they will be a better team because of it. So Ohio State basketball goes down. They will not be the new number one in college basketball, unfortunately. That's the bad news. The good news is it's just one loss. It's something you can build off of, sharpen your skills, sharpen the attention to detail. Dwayne Washington will be back, which will help. The Buckeyes will roll right along, and they'll be a better team because of this. But the Big Ten, woo boy, you're in for a fun ride. Maybe not so fun. Maybe losing games like this is not very fun, but you're in for an interesting ride the rest of the season because this Big Ten conference is going to be a bloodbath. Anyhow, that's going to wrap it up today for the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. Find us and follow us and spread the word about us on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many, many more. Follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Follow the show at Locked on Buckeye. Hope everybody has a great Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday. Thanks for listening, everybody.